This is Reverend Chuck Blair. Welcome to our weekly podcast on New Church Live. Great to have all you folks here today. And, and I, you know, it's a fun topic, like looking at this idea of how, how do we go about work in different ways. And that's whether you're retired, stay at home, privately employed, self-employed, employed somewhere else. How do we sort of find a way to, 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 to reinvigorate the way we see work? Now, now, the story to this goes, for me, goes back to, you know, a beautiful sort of insight I had. And it was not one I had. It was sort of someone else had it. It was like, oh, yeah, I really do believe that. So I'm a book geek, all right? I was digging around in an old book thing, and it was like, from 1920, there was this book, and it said, 50 Greatest Sermons of All Time. So I said, oh, pastor, i got to read that bad boy. So I look up, I see if there's any references in there to New Church or New Church Peace People or anything, and there was. There was a whole sermon in there on it. And it was written by the guy who was the founder of the Unitarian Universalists. Some of you may have participated in a church like that. In my business, we call them the UUs. So, so with the UUs, you know, here was this founder, he's talking about the new church, and he said, oh, these new church people, they believe even their job is holy. I'd never heard it said that way. What a beautiful idea that even your job is a way to serve God. Because I know for me, even being a pastor, a lot of the time I'm thinking Monday through Friday I'll serve the big guy. I mean, I'll serve myself, and then Sunday I'll serve the big guy. You know, we, we tend to segment it. But how is it that we can live a life where it all kind of blends together, where, where even our work, whatever that work might be, is an act of holiness, an act of worship? Now, along those same lines, last week we talked about how we're all given talents, you know, and you could look at them financially, you could also look at them metaphorically. It's this famous story in the Bible, it says this is what happens like, you know, it's like a journey, it's in our head. Some people are given five, one person's given five talents, one person's given two, and say it together with me, folks, one person is given one, one talent. And this person goes out and they use all, they're extremely talented, they use all their talents. This person's kind of in the middle, mediocre, they use their talents, but this person who has one talent hides it. Now, don't think of that as, you know, right away thinking like, oh yeah, that's a five-talent person. Oh yeah, they're really mediocre. And that person over there is hiding everything. It's in our heads. Every single one of you here has something that you are a talent five at. You're just extraordinary at. And all of us in here have those places where we're a two at best. And all of us have this, a place where we have one talent that we hide. I love this picture of how that looks to hide it, you know, this idea of, of how we hide it. So, so we're going to do this again. We, you guys are all game for this today. So I want us all to look silly for a second and just do this with your arm. All right? Can you see me? Yes or no? No. If you do, you're cheating. No cheating. All right? Can you see me? No. Can I see you? No. All right, you can put your arms down. That's the point about hidden talents. Like, and that's big. Like, let that sit in for a minute. When we hide that talent that God has given us, we not only have put ourselves where other people can't see us, We've also put ourselves in a place where we can't be seen. Does that make sense? You know, it kind of works both ways. 
And that's why we have to be able to, to, to move our talents out there into the world, to see life differently, to work at things differently, to, to just continue to evolve, to allow these talents to come out. And doing that is really hard. I mean, I, I don't know how many of us have raised or are raising teenagers, but isn't that a really hard part of raising teenagers? You know, trying to convince them they have a talent and that they can actually use it when so much of their life is discounting what their God-given gifts are. So, what does all this mean? How does this all come together? Well, I think part of life is this real basic endeavor up here. I love this quote. By the way, we have some new people here. Feel free to take, take pictures of any of these quotes you like. For majesty to grow in us, all must come to the light. Both the dark parts of oneself that need healing and the light parts that need, please say the B word where, and the light parts that need birthing. Like both of those things need to be true. And how is it that that happens? Well, here's a quote from New Church Theology that, that points to how that happens. These values in action, these are realized through acts of thoughtfulness. What that means is, is, is we're supposed to start to find, and listen carefully here, folks, the holiness in the ordinary. The miracle in the ordinary. To observe that, to have the eyes to see that, because life is incredibly ordinary most of the time. But can we remember how beautiful that is? Can I share a little story with you? All right. Step over here a little bit. So, so I had a beautiful wedding, two beautiful weddings actually this past weekend. And one, one was for a New Church Live couple. And they watch online and he's got two sons that he's, he's bringing into the wedding. These sons are 8 and 11 years old. So guess how well they get along together. Take a guess. You know, not terribly well. So you take two brothers who don't get along. You put in front of them a glass of ice water a straw, and sugar. Bad combination. Because for those of us who've raised boys, you know instantly what's going to start happening. Right? Water all over the place, sugar, I need more sugar, could you, you know, like it's more sugar than water, all that stuff. So I'm watching these boys and they are just driving each other nuts. So, so the, the dad being a good dad, like what do you do when two boys are sitting beside each other being naughty like that? What do you do? separate them so grandpa says I'm sitting in between you know we've how many of us have been there you know right we've all been there and you know like I, you can look at that and I'm, I'm like you know I, we have five kids five that's a lot of kids a basketball team and and I'm watching this and I'm just thinking yeah, tomorrow I'm preaching on the magic in the ordinary just enjoy the ordinary of that because it's easy to be annoyed. Or I can look at it and think of how beautiful that is. Because what I know is this. Here's this 8 and 11 year old. They're driving each other crazy. What I know is this. Is a few short, short years as they step through their lives. They're going to end up in a very different place. And should I be so privileged, I'll be way too old to do it, I imagine, but should I be so privileged to do their wedding for either one of them at some point in time? I know that the other one will be the best man. I know the other one will get a microphone and start crying and like, I love you so much. Will they, will they have remembered the cup 
the water and the sugar and the straw. They remembered any of that? No, it's, it's all gone. Do you realize how beautiful that is? Like, and that stuff's everywhere. Everywhere. The question always is, as it is with anything, are we going to wake up? Are we going to have the eyes to see it? Are we even going to see that, that those things of our work that feel so mundane? Can we even see the beauty and the joy in there? So as the band comes out, as the band comes out for their next song, I want you just to think a little bit about, for yourself, like, where can you start to witness the miracle of the ordinary? I'm going to read you a story that, that points us that direction. And I want you to think of this. Please listen carefully. This is one I would take a note on my phone if you're taking notes. Love, when it focuses on the ordinary, expands into amazing future possibilities. When you really learn to just love the ordinary in life, you really learn to expand possibilities right there. Because if we don't love what's ordinary, and we think all of life has to be extraordinary, how much of us deal with vacation envy, by the way? You better all raise your hands right now, right? You know, vacation envy, right? If, if you're into vacation envy the whole summer, you're going to miss the summer. And you're going to miss those ordinary parts of life that are life-giving and that really are where God is and where God hangs out. When we come back after the song, I'm going to talk about that a little more, share with you a story of where, where Jesus talks about, like, yeah, and this is what to do with those talents, including the ones that are hidden. And just give you a little, a little for, foreshadowing. You folks, too, we're going to have an opportunity here to say, if you want something that comes up, like, oh, yeah, I want to, like, honor this part of life that was ordinary that I saw, we're actually going to have a chance to do it. Now, I know we have some first-time people here. Just so you know, you do not have to do it. This is just for brave souls who are going to volunteer the person who they're sitting with to do it. So, all right? So, with, with this, folks, it's, it's interesting because the Bible, fascinating book, and, and it's written in all kinds of beautiful language, and, and some of the most beautiful parts are what's called the four Gospels. They're written by four different people, four different perspectives on God. It's real important, because that's, that's where, like, this is my little aside. For people who struggle like from fundamentalist stuff, like ah, I hear these fundamentalists saying there's only one way to see God. There's four Gospels, folks. Four perspectives. That is way cute. Four perspectives. Four perspectives. It's meant to show that, that we're to see God in the round. What's interesting is that in these books, is these books were just written as a letter. So do you think they had chapter titles in these books when, they, when the letters were first written? No. So somebody would sit down, like you folks are literally, and I'm not going to do this, don't worry. They would take a couple hours and they'd read through this letter, and people would get a chance to hear it. And so these, these were supposed to be heard as one story connected to another. And unfortunately, we treat it as stories kind of in silos. Last week, when we looked at the story of, of hiding the talents and all that stuff, that was one story. But then... The very next one, I think, is trying to point us to what do we do with our talents. And this is actually, arguably, my favorite story in the Bible. Somebody accused me today of loving every service I do and saying every passage is my favorite, and that's true. So this is just another one that's another one of my favorites. Sort of like all five of my kids. Each one's my favorite. When the Son of Humanity comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his throne in heavenly glory. All nations will gather before him, and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. 
He will put the sheep on his right, the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you are blessed by my father. Take your inheritance. The kingdom prepared for you since you were created. This is the key line here. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty. You gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer to him. And again, those people who think they're doing it right. Lord, when did we see you hungry and not feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in, or needing clothing and clothe you? When did we see you sick in prison or go to visit you? The king will reply, I tell you the truth. And this is beautiful, beautiful scripture here. Whatever you did to the least of my brothers and sisters, you did it for me. That's beautiful. I mean, that's the Christian message right there. You want to know what Christianity is all about? Matthew 25. Read that line. Whatever you do for the least of these brothers and sisters, you did for me. Now, I love the, the, kind of the, the magic in here. So let's take a look at this line and just kind of pull it apart a little bit. Beautiful pieces of scripture here. Take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the beginning of the world. Now, again, that inheritance, not just monetary. It's, it's like a bigger, it's a spiritual inheritance. We're talking about a spiritual inheritance. Next slide. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. We have donuts after church, by the way. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Now, now, folks, all these things in here, ready for this, are ordinary. They're ordinary. It's water. It's food. It's clothing. It's welcome. It's care. It's simple stuff. Now, of course, simple does not mean easy, but it's, but it's simple stuff. The next line here, I think, kind of talks a little bit towards what all this matters, how all this matters. So we ask the question, what is the good thing here that helps people? Not so that we can passively judge something as having value or not, but so that we venture towards a wonderful discovery that within the ordinary, say the M word there, within the ordinary lies the magic. Here's Christ saying, like, you want to see God, you want to see God, you want to see God. He's not saying you go up to this mountain, you sacrifice 15 goats, and then you pray for 10 hours. He's saying you give someone water. You give someone food. You find a stranger, and you welcome them in. It's that simple. Every single one of you in here knows someone right now who is hungry, physically or spiritually, feed them. Everyone in here knows somebody who is thirsty, physically or spiritually. Give them something to drink. Everyone in here knows someone who is feeling estranged, who's feeling lonely, who's feeling set apart, who's feeling not enough. Not enough. Welcome them in. 
Like that's the power, and it's, it's just it's the magic of the ordinary, and, and we forget how, how simple that can be. And I feel like in our lives, in our work lives, we tend to think work always has to be this huge, fancy thing and, and huge career plans and all that, and yet, yet so much of the work that really matters is, is the work that's very ordinary. How do we take these jobs that we have, whatever that is, and find a way to serve the ordinary there? Simple story, another one, another one from last night's wedding dinner. So I'm sitting beside a guy, he's obviously way above my pay grade, but I'm sitting down with him, asking what he does. He said, well, I was retired and I got called out of retirement to help run a bank. Said no one to me ever. You know, that's not the most normal thing to get called out for. I'll never be called to do that. So he gets called out to run a bank and he's telling me, yeah, you know, we need to restructure the whole thing. You know what the first thing he did was? This just was mind blowing to me. Said the first thing I did was I looked through all the employees' feedback. The lighting was too dark in the men's room, so I got better lighting in the men's room. That's all you have to do to consider yourself a strategic planning expert and be called out of retirement? But you see, like, he understood the magic in the ordinary. He understood that if he did that, if he did that, he was telling people, you can trust me. I care about you. I'm going to follow through. I'm going to make a difference in your life. And it's a small, little, cheesy thing. But what an interesting way to think in terms of that's where you start. And we can miss it. We can miss it. Last week, right before church, you know, I'm, I'm, I have a meeting right before church. An online couple's driving an hour and 15 minutes with their brandy new baby because they want to talk about baptism. Right? So they come into my office. I've, I've got like New Church Live on my mind, so I, I want to chat with them. I hope they're not watching online. I want to chat with them, but then there's another part of me that's like, oh, this is just too much in the morning, too much to do. And then, and then this little person comes into my office. I couldn't pay any attention to the parents. <laughs> you know, like, like here's this, here's this little, little girl, and they want to get her baptized, and she's like, Chuck, I love you. It's so good, right? It's just ordinary. But if I'm not in the ordinary moment, I'm not there. So at 9 o'clock, I could have spent that whole meeting with them, if this makes sense, I could have spent that whole meeting with them, 10.30 in my head is 10.30 here. Not 9 a.m. there. Does that make sense? You know? It's the ordinary. Can I share another story with you? This is a good, this is a good cop story. I don't know if we have any cops watching. Well, we probably do have, I know we have one cop watching down in Florida. So let me say this and honor him. So this is a beautiful story about a cop. And what happens is, is they capture this picture and it gets posted up online on a police website. And uh, it's got some great commentary to this, to this picture. And this was posted by the Orono Police Department. The Orono Police Department posted a photo on social media Thursday showing Officer Mike Seltala confronting knee-high weeds with a push mower at a home where he had just conducted a welfare check on the owner, a woman living alone. She was okay, he said, and asked her why her yard was so unkept. She said she doesn't have anyone to mow it for her, so I grabbed the mower, cut the front yard. Very cool. The post attracted many positive comments and offers to assist the woman. We will do some checking and get back to those who have shown interest, police said. And this is funny, like, no good deed goes without your buddy giving you a hard time, just so you know. The Facebook posts accompanying the photo begin with the author, a police department supervisor, writing, I cannot say how proud this stuff makes me. 
It concluded by saying, but not sure why Officer McCoy, who took the picture, couldn't grab the trimmer. <laughs> that, is a good, that is a good line. So folks, that's the ordinary. And I want us now to get a chance just to hear from each other. Just no, no pressure here at all. But if there's something in like, in like, think of like 30 seconds, 30 seconds to a minute you could share. Like, oh yeah, there was, there was this moment where somebody just showed up in some ordinary way. Could have been a clerk, could have been coffee at Wawa, could have been this, that, or the other thing. Just an ordinary thing where there was like, oh, it's just magic in this world. That person just did this thing that was so nice and so good and meant so much to me. And it was simple. All right? So any volunteers? Do we have any volunteers? All right. So you can just come on down, speak right into this mic. I'll be standing beside you so you don't need to be terrified. So come on down. Give Dave a round of applause so that other people feel peer pressure to come on down. <laughs> So mom fed eight of us on a very limited budget. Um, I can remember things coming into our house like these bags of bread that were six loaves and, a, and there's like four of those coming in every week. And we got peanut butter and buckets. Did you bring any fish with them? I just had that. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no loaves and fishes, but somehow she performed magic and fed us. We got buckets of peanut butter that were gallons and we went through those in a week. You know, the fact that we just got fed every day, three times a day, and there's eight of us, it's a miracle to me. That's great. Thanks, Dave. Give him a round of applause. That is a beautiful one. Super simple, right? And the amazing part is, is I'm sure your mom, who's here with you today, was not doing those things thinking, look at me. Look, it just, yeah. It's super sim simple. Super simple. Does someone else want to share one? Or is, come on up. Can I, can I tell their, your, your story just a little bit? So this was a first time attendee, and I said, yes, we make all first time attendees talk during church, so. Good morning, everybody. I'm Natalie Lyons. Um, I have been a teacher for 20 years now, and in the past four years, I went and became a dyslexia practitioner. Mm -hmm. And my whole reason for being here today is that sense of belonging that I never felt in my previous church. And just in your I would call it a homily yeah. today. Um, it's that ordinary thing of giving the gift of reading to people who mm -hmm. can't read that I never realized how much that mattered. You're going to make the pastor cry. Sorry. <laughs> that's, that's good stuff. One more. Come on up. These folks are fresh from Ireland, back from Ireland here, so great to have them here today. Good to see you all. So we were at a wedding in a faraway place with friends and friends that I were good acquaintances and I knew they would probably be friends but I didn't know them very well. I liked them but I didn't know them and uh, we were coming back from the wedding and I realized that I had lost one of my earrings and it was the first gift Kim had ever given me and they insisted that they come back with me. Mm -hmm. And we all spent about 15 minutes looking in the sand for
for my earring. We never found the earring, but now we're back here for their wedding. That's okay. And that matters, right? And it that matters. matters. Yeah. Beautiful. Thank you. Give all these folks a round of applause. Those, those are the amazing parts, folks. That, 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 I think, is where certain parts of life can, can come alive. You know, I, I spend, just to be totally honest, I spend a lot of time terrified these days. Because, like, I think about my kids, and, and you know, my kids, they're not kids, they're young adults, they're in their 20s. Are, are they, are they, are they going to be able to count on pensions? No, they're going to have like 20 jobs with no pension. And, and you know, my, my era, which wasn't all that long ago, you know, you got a job, you worked for your 30, 40 years, you got this thing called a pension, and then you retired and moved to Florida. It was that simple. But the world's so different. Like, and, and people will come to, to talk about it, you know, especially one of the, it's heartbreaking to see people in their middle age you know, some of you folks are in this place. You know, you hit your middle years, and all of a sudden, all this stuff, there's all this, all this upset, and, and, and like, what do we do, and how do we handle this, and everything, and, and I don't have easy answers. I, I, don't, I don't look to the Bible to, to say, like, oh, this is what we need to do to, to shift everything at this big macro level. But I know this. I know that that can get me way out there. And what God is always asking is to come way in here. Way in here. To make it simple. To make it ordinary. To love the Lord your God and the person right in front of you. That simple. That ordinary. I feel like when we can do that, we do find magic all over the place because we're present to what is. I love this beautiful line that reminds us of the power of the ordinary. The growing good of the world is partly dependent on unhistoric acts. The things are not so ill with you and me as they might have been is half-owning to the number who lived faithfully a hidden life. And listen to this next line. Faithfully a hidden life. And rest in unvisited tombs. Beautiful line. That idea of the power in the ordinary. What happens when we do that? What happens when we live ordinary lives? As best we can. Simple. Taking care of the people right in front of us. Loaves and fishes kind of stuff. Well, this is the way Matthew 25 ends, just with these simple acts of service, which can be simple acts of service at work. It ends with this beautiful line. Enter into the, say the J word there, enter into the joy of your Lord. What do you, if we find there? We actually find joy. So your takeaway for this week, this is a really funny takeaway. Have an ordinary week. Have an ordinary week. And what I want you to do within that ordinary week, open up, see where the extraordinary is. And I can promise this to you, friends. It's always going to be right in front of you. Amen. 
All right, so please now join me in prayer. And then Josh is going to come out for the final song, which you are more than welcome to sing along with. So please join me in a prayer. So Lord, thank you for your presence here today. And Lord, despite the fact that this sounds awkward, give us an ordinary week. Just an ordinary week. As always, blessed, broken, shared, just ordinary. And Lord, within that, allow there to be some opening towards this. Some opening towards right in the middle of that ordinary lies the extraordinary. That place where we can offer food to those who hunger, that place where we can offer water to those who thirst, that place where we can offer belonging to those who feel like strangers. Place us there. Breathe with us there. Live with us there. Let us not see the present moment as a point. Let us see the present moment as a portal that opens up marvelously through all eternity. The echo, the light of love going out there into the world, brought into this world, one ordinary step at a time, allowing us to serve at work, at home, in community, with each other, and at New Church Live. Bless these amazing people, Lord. Guard them, guide them, hold them this week. In your name this day, we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. You can support this podcast at www.newchurchlive.tv. 